You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up? Welcome in. This is The Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app, Sirius XM 217-203. With Jason McIntyre, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The Dan Patrick Show. Christmas Eve and wherever you're... Um, Usually we're like sitting here bragging like, man, it's, it's so much nicer here than everywhere else. Two guys living in Southern California, but not today. SoCal is uh, under flood watch. A lot of rain, a lot of water, but it's okay. We've been in a drought, so we'll get out of the drought. And we have one night off of NFL, and then we got a doubleheader tomorrow. And we kind of get back into it, and we get ready also for tomorrow's NBA games, which appear, appear to be a go after... Uh, uh, much consternation in this le- in this week leading up, but we'll see. NBA, we'll we'll get to why the NBA needs those games to to go. Um, Jason, we'll get back to what happened last night with the Titans coming from behind and beating the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday night football, and all that it means in a second. But as we get ready to watch Cleveland, Cleveland plays, of course, tomorrow night against the Packers. Albert Breer of SI.com recently suggested in an appearance on the fan in Cleveland that the Browns will at least make a play for Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson. So um, the conversation went a little, it, it's, it's a little different than I think it's, it, it sometimes gets relayed. Here's the quote. Okay. Quote, I'd expect the Browns to be a player. Are they going to be willing to go the distance? I don't know, but I absolutely believe the Browns are going to be a player for Deshaun Watson if and when he becomes available. Let's call that an educated guess. Now, my guess is, again, this is an educated guess with Albert. As a reporter, it's more than an educated guess, like that it has been mentioned. Um, the, the issue is that we have had no movement in the Deshaun Watson civil, and there has been obviously no criminal charges. So we're still kind of stuck with the, are you going to make a play for this guy when all that stuff is still hanging over him? But it does. It's a reasonable thing to say. At least they're going to kick the tires, or or can you not kick the tires when you have Baker Mayfield as your quarterback? I think you've always got to look to upgrade. You know, unless you're married, then you don't do that. But um, yeah, and the, the NFL quarterback landscape, Baker Mayfield has not shown he's a thirty million dollar guy, Doug. He hasn't. Now you could argue Dak Prescott, same deal. But Dak had at least put up some really good numbers. Baker got to the playoffs last year. And it was mostly the running game and Stefanski. And nobody says, like, when was the last time Baker Mayfield went out and won a big football game? Baker Mayfield delivered with a game-winning drive, touchdown pass, all that fun stuff that quarterbacks kind of sort of need to do. Some of them are really good at it. Others, not so much. Baker hasn't proven it yet. Now, you could argue, hey, hasn't this guy had three different head coaches? He started out with, uh, what, Hugh Jackson. And then he they went to uh, Freddie Bathrooms. I'm sorry, Freddie Kitchens. And then now they're on Stefanski. So he's had three different coaches, I believe, in four years. Mm-hmm. And that can be difficult on a quarterback. So you could also argue, well, he hasn't given a fair shake. That being said, if you can get Deshaun Watson, you definitely press that upgrade button, Doug. Now, I don't know how you get Watson. And I will express for a moment some frustration on my end as a you know consumer of NFL content. Like I've heard nothing on the Deshaun Watson front in months. Absolutely nothing. And I know the court systems are backed up because of COVID, but isn't it at least worthy of an update from one side of the lawyer? Like, where are we on this? Like, I mean, again, I know Deshaun Watson screwed up. Doug, I've talked about this on my podcast. I am a big believer in massages. I found a great masseuse. I get a massage every two weeks. I've recommended multiple people to this person. My wife goes to this lady occasionally. And 
I say massages are great for, uh, you know, recharging the batteries and relaxing. I do not advocate, and I cannot imagine getting a different a massage from a different person every week and finding, you know, masseuses on Instagram. So I'm very confused by what Deshaun Watson was doing. That being said, he just lost a year of his career because he made some really dumb mistakes. I don't know how far it went or what he did. Um, but, Doug, a year is gone. And I, I, you remember two years ago, Deshaun Watson, I believe, had the Houston Texans in the AFC Championship game. And I think they led the Chiefs by something like 20 points before collapsing and losing by 30. <clears throat> oh, bless me. Bless you. But uh, so, Doug, I, I feel bad for Watson, but at the same time, like, I just don't understand how Cleveland can say, hey, man, maybe we'll go after Deshaun Watson. If anything, this is a signal. Hey, Baker, go out and beat Aaron Rodgers head to head in an island game and show to us you've got something because we haven't seen Jack squat out of you this season. Did you, is the island game, is that your thing? Is that is that a thing that I missed? Jay Stu, are you, I, I always thought they were standalone games. Standalone, I like island, island, whatever. I like the island game. No, it's okay. I'm just wondering, like, is that a, do you want to trademark that one? No, I did. I mean, come on, that's been around for a minute. Um, it has? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big okay. Red Zone guy. So you know when you're watching Red Zone, you're watching like five different games. You just right. see the big plays. Red Zone's amazing. Six straight hours of football with no it's interruptions. Incredible. Yeah. But the island games can be a tough watch when you've got to. Oh, sorry. Who's your Who's your red zone host? Where Where you Where you are? Is it? Um, it's a Scott Hanson. Scott Hanson. Scott Hanson. Yeah. A- Hanson, and then there's Andrew, Andrew Siciliano. Yeah, right? I, the, I don't really know the other guy's work, but um, yeah, I, the, they're the, both they're both good. They're both great. They, and and it's it's interesting. Like you, if you spend every Sunday with these guys, you're like Scott Hanson's my guy. Like we're boy. Like I've seen Scott Hanson out in public because I've lived, you know, in the based upon cable systems or having satellite. And I know I I know both guys, but it's just funny. Like you literally spend the entire Sunday with your red zone host. Yeah, and and you can be. It's, it, and it, obviously, that's like an enviable job. If you ever have one job where, where you're just throwing the games, that's that's the best one. I mean, Doug, I, I would I would counter with this. Um, yes, it's hard to sit in a chair for six hours and not go to the bathroom and just watch sports and talk about it. But you know, the one requirement is you've got to love sports. And we've you and I have privately have talked about this a lot in sports media. A lot of people have got into sports and then thought they were above sports, and then they started to, you know, try to pivot and become like cultural tastemakers, if you will. They don't love sports. I don't know about you. I feel like I, if I given the chance to host Red Zone one Sunday, it would be off the hook. Now wait, wait, I do get very do, excited. Listen, you're doing the thing that you can't do. It's like when coaches, you can't talk about a job that's not open. No, no, you're, I wouldn't want that you, job. A, I would not want it. But I yes, think I you could would. No, I love my job. What are you talking about? I, you they, wouldn't want that job. You wouldn't want to be the host of Red Zone. No, 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 no. Why wouldn't you? Well, you I said mean, first you love of all, sports. You love the NFL. You love the Red Zone. Why would I? Again, I'm. You, you have to be cautious because you don't want Siciliano. You know, he's small but mighty. Okay, you don't want him coming. You don't want him coming at you saying, "Hey, dude, I, why are you why are you gunning for my job?" I've I've, 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 I've done this job. Like I've ever got since a better job than Red Zone. Um, you know, I get to come on the radio when I want. Uh, I have a daily podcast. I go on FS1. I write stuff for Fox Sports, and I do a lot of it from my house. Like I don't have to go into a studio that often. I'm in the studio today. Well, they they just go in the studio once a week. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I I can't imagine that Hanson does nothing during the week, right? That's not his only job. Uh, both those guys do other stuff as well. I, mean, okay. I think they both work for the NFL Network. Otherwise, uh, but again, that even makes my point even better. Like again, so you wouldn't want that job. You wouldn't want 
Well, I think they do 16 Sundays a year or something, maybe 17 Sundays a year now with week 18. Yeah. You, you wouldn't want that job. He doesn't really get to offer opinion. He's just telling people I, what I they're seeing. You know? I understand. I, I know We all know the job. You don't offer opinion. You throw in a stat, factoid. Yeah. You have to know I'm what's going on fantasy-wise. I'm sorry, wise. I'm more than that. <laughs> I, I, I have to opine. So now, what a so horrible so now, play! So now there are less, less people than you. I, I'm just kidding. Jason McIntyre, <laughs> Doug Gottlieb, in for Dan, the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Getting ready for not just Christmas, Merry Christmas to you, but an incredible weekend of games i'll just look here's the thing let's start with cleveland specifically um it's going to be interesting to see how they handle the baker thing he has been banged up but he hasn't been good enough and i think we've 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 bumped into the ceiling which his talent can carry you and when he was coming out of oklahoma the ou guys all the nfl scouts kind of the 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 running thing was like baker's baker process as well Baker can make the reads. He can make most of the throws, but th- there's a limit in terms of his talent. If you surround him with really good players, he'll lead him, and he's a good. He'll be a good quarterback. <laughs> that hasn't. He hasn't been good enough this year. And when you start getting called out by teammates, it feels like feels like they're all they're not frustrated with the Baker act. They're frustrated that Baker hasn't gotten them the ball, and they they know his his limitations and all the other stuff. All the other stuff becomes more of annoying and a nuisance when he's not. If he's playing well, all of the Baker back and forth on social media and his wife, like that stuff, wide receiver, they don't care about that that thing as long as they're getting the ball. When the, the team is stagnant offensively, when he's unable to make the right plays, now you get frustrated with it. They picked up his fifth-year option, so there's going to be a, there's a financial commitment to him. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to give him a big extension. The question becomes: Do they go to Baker Mayfield and say, "Hey, man, listen, we can we can let you ride this thing out, okay, and let you hit the market, or we can extend you long term, but at a rate we're comfortable with, where we can continue to put people around you, or do they just decide we're done with Baker?" It was a good run. Let's start this thing over. Let's move. It. Let's make a move for Deshaun Watson. Now, the other part to it, the other wait, part to me... it is: would, would the would the Texans want to trade for him? You know, would they want to bring him back home? And could he? You know, can can he be a guy who holds that thing together as they wait to draft the next star quarterback? Like, is that? Is that what the Texans... Because no one really knows the Texans' plans and what they're going to do. Right now, it's just about draft picks. But, Doug, can you do that? Can you wash your hands of Baker and say, we're ready to move on and make a play for Watson? Or do you automatically... You first have to get Watson, right? Yeah, like, I don't think you can do one before the... I don't think you can dump Baker, because then you're just... SOL, right? You got nothing. It's a a combined deal there, right? You have to... They have to... And, you have to find somebody who wants Baker. And I believe Watson has a no trade clause or he control he can control where he wants to go. And he said, Miami, there was some chatter that maybe Carolina would be acceptable. He's kind of yes. from a town a few hours from there sure. in I believe Atlanta. Um does he want to go to Cleveland? Listen, Doug, that's a tough sell. Somebody asked me the other day on, on IG, Jay, uh, why not Russell Wilson to Cleveland? And I said, He's got a international pop star. In I guess his wife is still a pop star, right? Um, yeah. Russell Wilson, do you think he wants to spend the next three years in Cleveland? Like, look at Odell Beckham. He went to Cleveland and was almost instantly unhappy. And I'll never forget, in the offseason, he was in Cleveland, I believe, for three days and spent the rest of his time in New York and L.A., which is fine, and I would do the same. But is Cleveland a tough sell to Russell Wilson? I would say, yes, it is. Like, the New York Giants, a dumpster fire of a franchise right now, are kind of sort of more appealing to Russ because of the ancillary stuff of New York, even yeah, though the coach I, I, and the GM are uncertain. 
Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, I bl- my belief is that mentality is is severely dated and it doesn't match mm. up with the reality of the NFL. Reality of the NFL, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is on plenty of commercials. There's no there's no limit to Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' ability to, well, wait, uh, to to sell himself to Madison Avenue. He and was, he's in Green Bay, Wisconsin. But he was drafted there and he's been there for a decade. Uh, under, it, by understood. choice, uh, understood. it's a little different. Uh, uh, well, first of all, Russell Wilson is under contract. Okay, like let's. Yes. This is not Tom Brady as a free agent. You get to pick your spot. But the the question is, uh, for for me, I don't care where you go. You got to go somewhere you're going to win. Okay, because nothing matters if you're not a winning player. And you can you can have a year where you don't win. You know, you can have a year. You start to have two. It becomes a trend. You have three. Now it's an issue. Do I think Russell prefers a big market? Yeah. I, I obviously what what you're iterating has been reiterated numerous times that he wants out of there and both the LA teams have their quarterbacks. So that's off. San Francisco has their quarterback, has their quarterback and their quarterback of the future. So that's off. So the, the next biggest market that would make sense would be New York. The jets drafted theirs. I don't know if anybody knows if he can play or not. And the giants though, the current regime is dedicated to Daniel Jones. There's going to be a regime change. So all that makes sense. But if we all look at Cleveland and say, that's a roster that's super, super talented. That's a roster that can run the football. That's a roster where he would immediately be placed in a better position to succeed um, than he was in Seattle. It's one which I paid attention to. I, look, I do I agree with you that, that you hear from enough people that know that that's one of Russell Westbrook's design. Part of it is when you're up in Seattle. Like first of all, like Seattle is an amazing city. Every time I land there, you're like, God, this is so awesome. You yeah. can all these houses, you could see water, the food's good. Mountains. It does you almost feels like you're in an international city. But it is very far removed from the rest of the United States. You it is like it it just it feels it feels like you're in Canada. It feels like you're in a little bit of a different country. In in many ways, positively so, but there's a negative there when you're trying to connect to everybody else. And Russell's obviously a different dude. But my thing is, you want to win. Cleveland's got Cleveland's got the dudes. New York it seems to be in perpetual rebuild mode. It's not like when Tom Brady went to Tampa, where all they needed was a quarterback. They need way more than a quarterback. Okay, so you let know, me ask need- you: Cleveland comes open, right? Mm-hmm. And Pittsburgh, you know, we all agree Ben Roethlisberger's shot. It's over. You know, Pittsburgh, not a great appealing city, but this is a st- stable franchise, good ownership. Pittsburgh. Solid head coach. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's kind of a cool city, I hear. I don't know Pittsburgh that well. I've, I don't think I've spent any time there. But if it, would you go Pittsburgh or Cleveland? You lived in Pennsylvania and you never spent time in, in Pittsburgh? You know Pennsylvania. It's basically it's Philadelphia. Yeah. And then the middle they call Pennsylvania because it's you know basically Pennsylvania and Kentucky. And then there's Pittsburgh. So no, I never made the trip through Pennsylvania. My brother is in uh, Pennsylvania and knows Pennsylvania well. That being said, I think you'd have to go Steelers over Browns, would you not? I would. Yeah. Yeah, a better franchise, more stable, and they have a, they got a, a, a better wide receiving core. Sure, TJ Watt, uh, that defense, Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, yeah, you know, the all, Cleveland's all good. The six, Cleveland's now, very good. Now they've they they don't they don't love spending, and one of the things that I think Russell wants and Aaron Rodgers wants is they want a new contract. So I don't know how that looks, but both are going to be in need of a quarterback. Let, let's get back to the let's get back to the root of it. Deshaun Watson to the Browns, like all of this. Who's going to get Deshaun Watson? As you point out, we've heard nothing in terms of the civil outside of uh, the the, the uh, lawyer representing the women has said that there's 
that they're getting closer to a grand jury being called. And until that happens, like he's not being, you're not going to be moved. You can't make a trade for a guy that then gets charged with sexual assault. Now, do I think the NFL knows or has a good feeling in regards to his possibility of playing? And some, some of this stuff, uh, some of this stuff being a little bit more hyped in substance, it feels that way. But we don't know, and that's purely speculation. And that's unfair. And you know, remember, we're in a we're in a time in which uh, what's the guy's name? Chris Noth, right? You know, Chris Is that Noth, Sex in the City, dude. That's big from Sex and oh, the City. Right, right. He's he, also he's getting me tooed or something. He got me tooed. He was they they killed him off Sex in the City, and then he's on, he was on a different TV show where uh, he's already been fired from the TV show. Another woman came out yesterday. These are things that are up to fifteen. Uh, I think 15 years in the past that he's, you know, been alleged to do things to women, which reprehensible. And, you know, now they're, you know, they're they're outing him. So we're, we're in an era where women are finding their voice and stepping up. And it would be contradictory for anyone running a professional sports league to go like, all right, let's throw Deshaun Watson out there. I, I agree with you. He lost a year. The, the, the 40 or something massage therapist is if at least bizarre, at least bizarre behavior, uh, that's at least at most it's 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 a lot more troubling than that. This is and I but I don't I don't know. Like there, Most people think he's going to play. And so if he's going to play, what organization can take those can take those kind of verbal and written bullets of what they're giving into and. And and then how does it work in terms of trading him? And does he want to accept a trade? Like all of those things are such unknowns that we're left to just purely speculate that Deshaun Watson could be available for the Browns yeah. next year, who would have to decide to bail on Baker Mayfield, who is their number one overall pick, who has led but them wait, to the playoffs. Wait, wait, wait. I think the front office has turned over since it, Baker it is. won. Right, right, right. It so is. the coach and GM aren't... Like, hey, Baker's it's, our guy. He's, st- he's still their starting quarterback. He's True. still a number one overall pick. He still led them to a playoffs. He's still a guy who played hurt. He, he has sweat equity in that building. Yeah. Now, does some of that equity eventually wear off? Sure. Okay, but we have to be realistic of, uh, I, I actually think the best point made so far today, you made earlier, which is you gotta you can't just get rid of Baker Mayfield and take a chance on Deshaun Watson. Those things have to go at the exact same time if, if you want to try and find a way to make it work. Yeah, uh, it, it is going to be a fascinating one. Again, Aaron Rodgers could bail, although it's looking increasingly like it won't happen, right? I mean, basically with Lafleur, him and Rodgers are amazing, and they're in the mix for the Super Bowl every year. Why would you break that up? Because it's Aaron Rodgers. Well, maybe maybe the Packers say, hey, Aaron, we're sorry we apologized. Hey, we want to make you the first $50 million quarterback in NFL history. Deal? And I think Aaron probably stays around in Green Bay. But if he wants to move, you're looking at Aaron Rodgers on the move, Russell Wilson on the move, Deshaun Watson, um, like you said, Baker Mayfield. He'll land somewhere. Jimmy Garoppolo could be on the move. Personally, I, I know we just hammered him at the outset. Jimmy G, tough night last night. I think he is like the ideal game manager. And we forget, this guy came within eight minutes of winning a Super Bowl against the mighty Chiefs before Patrick Mahomes uncorked a bomb on third and a million to Tyreek Hill. That that flipped the game. I, I think Jimmy G can still. I think I'll, I'll go on the on the prediction right now. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo will win a Super Bowl in his NFL career. I don't know what okay. odds you want to give me on that, Doug. We can we could do a uh, steak bet okay. or something. Well, I, I'll take it. I'll take fifteen a steak years bet from now. Uh, you know, I'll, when you're I'll a multimillionaire. A, no, I'll take I'll take a steak bet on that one. That one's an easy steak bet. Um, really? Cowboy ribeye, which is the bone in. Yes, I want the apps. Okay, you name the, you name the steakhouse. I don't. And I don't even need the steak because Jimmy G will win a Super Bowl. Okay. That's not um, that bold. He came within eight minutes of winning one. He's going to get traded to a team that has no chance. 
I don't know. He, Pittsburgh is perfect for him. They are right there on the cusp. Ben's done. You still think you've got a shot with the defense. I think Jimmy G makes sense. You're probably going to save like $10 I think million. Houston, I, think, I think Houston makes sense. Oh, well, if he goes to Houston, I lost my bet. Um, but I, Houston's got like a top pick, don't they? Don't they have multiple top picks? What about New Orleans? Or do they keep Jameis Winston? New Orleans, James, I, don't, I don't think he's I, I don't think he's his type of guy. I just I just he don't. would just go crazy on Bourbon Street. I mean, remember, no, Jimmy not, G's not, the guy. Not the, Bur- not the Bourbon Street. Not the Bourbon Street. I'm just talking about as a football player. I, I don't know enough about guys off the football field. You, you I mean, Sean Payton turned Drew Brees from a second-round pick who did nothing with the Chargers. He was like, oh, do we, what do we want to do? And eh, let's move on. And then Drew Brees becomes like a top-ten quarterback in NFL history. A lot of that has to do with Sean Payton, right? Yeah, he's an incredible play caller. Okay, so uh, you don't think he could do it with Jimmy G? Um... Ooh, yeah, I just got do, to do change I, his mind. No, I just, I, again, I, I think that if Sean Payton's going to find the next quarterback, I'm not sure, I, I don't believe Jimmy Garoppolo would be that guy. By the way, I, I don't know if Drew Brees did nothing when he was in San Diego. Um, they He got hurt. That's what happened. And they had drafted, they did think they were making an upgrade with Phillip Rivers, but he did win, I thought he Fair. won 20 games. You're his, right, you're right. His last two, last two years, they won 20 games combined. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb, Jason McIntyre, and for Dan the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, so the... Hawaii Bowl was supposed to take place, I think, today in Hawaii, and Memphis flew to Hawaii, and they're not going to play the game because of COVID. Is that about that, that, that? Is that right? Am I looking at that right? There are worse places to be stranded than Hawaii. Totally, and I, I actually, I've, I've seen people on social media say, "Well, you got to, uh, you got to apologize to the Memphis parents who spent all the money." Like, why? No, Everybody's no. in. You're in Hawaii. Like, wait, I don't have to go to the game. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, we get to keep to the practice? swag. We don't, yeah. we don't have to practice. Yeah. Give me a break. No curfew. That's a great, great trip. They just got a free trip to Hawaii. Free trip to Hawaii. Uh, but the bowl season, Doug. I, I know you're with me on this. Like, listen, I do love college football. It's great for Fox. Um, I like the playoff. But these other bowl games, they, they feel antiquated, like something from the 1980s. It's just, they're irrelevant. You know, the stars don't play in them. Look at the Notre Dame guys pulling out of the game. All the best players are sitting out. It's just, I just, I think bowls are kind of done. They just need to expand the playoff. Like, there's no incentive for these guys to show up and play. None. Well, I, I don't I don't think there's no incentive. I'll, I'll disagree with you there. I think, I mean, like the Army guys... You know, we have Jeff Munkin on yesterday, and he was like, well, "Well, we'll play again." They he wanted to play Wake Forest again, which was a a seventy fifty six game earlier this year. Of course, Rutgers is going to take take that up. I I don't think there's no incentives. I think you know ninety percent of those dudes. That's the last time they're going to play football anyway. Um, and there there is a value in the bowl games. We've just completely devalued it because of the playoff. That's really what's happened. Let's bring in Brandon Whedon, who uh, who joins us here on the Dan Patrick Show. Of course, oh we, oh, we'll get him in a second. I mean, like, look, Jace, the, the magic to the bowl season has been that half the teams go home winning their last game. It's like a, it, it's, it's a, it's a great, it's not just a money maker, it's a money raiser. That's really it, it's what it is. It's an exhibition bowl game that lines the pockets of the executives of the bowl games, Doug. Yeah, yes and no. How, how is it not an exhibition? Yeah, <laughs> it's just it, a random game with no relevance, none. 
It, but there is a lot of relevance. That's where you don't, you're not, not actually. Where's the relevance? Actually, okay. Um, t- t- any sort of bowl game. First of all, you obviously get more practices with your younger players. You go to states, California, Texas, Florida, where it's it's almost like having unofficial visits. Remember, you're still recruiting at this point in time in the year. That's why so many teams want to play bowl games in Texas. It helps them recruit in Texas. It also helps you develop your guys for the future. It's a, a real football game. And And the last part is, again, this is what I was getting to. When you play a bowl game... If you can have a disappointing season or disappointing end of the season, Brandon Whedon joins us. Of course, he started Oklahoma State. They lost. They 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 beat Stanford in the Fiesta Bowl in a year in which they probably should have played for a national championship. But think about it: you come off of, you know, winning the Big Twelve, and you win that last game. It makes everything that felt bad feel good again. I there there is Brandon Whedon joins us here um, on the Dan Patrick Show. Brandon, you, you played, obviously, in the festival. You played in other bowl games that didn't decide who won a national champion, uh, a national championship. Did, do you believe that they have, uh, that the outcome actually matters for people who say none of the bowl games outside the national championship games matter? Yeah, yeah they matter. I mean, I always felt like anytime you got an opportunity to go out and play, I mean, you put in all the work. You know, bowl practices are kind of a grind. It's... You know, it's cold here in Oklahoma City. I mean, it's, it's it's a lot of work, and a lot of people, a lot of time goes into it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I always feel like, you know, you have an opportunity to win your last one. You know, for me, that was the last opportunity I got to put on an Oklahoma State uniform ever. And so I felt like, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to win it. I would as much, if not more, than any other game I had played in all year. So, you know, those, you know, particularly the big bowl games. I mean, you know, even outside the, the playoff, you know, the New Year's Six Bowls and, and all these later bowl games. I mean, yeah, you, you know, you, you go all year, you put yourself in position, and as a player, man, I mean, I, I was chomping at the bit to get out there. It was, it was a lot of fun to cap off a great season. We came up a little bit short of where we wanted to be, um, but to go out and play a good Stanford team, the, the future first overall pick and Andrew Luck and a, and a really good Stanford team is like, you know, I felt like, you know, that was a stage where. You know, everybody in the country is going to be watching. We'll see if we can go put on a show and and uh, find a way to win. So yeah, heck yeah, I was I wanted to I wanted to play and I wanted to win. Now, so Brandon, um, your bowl game twenty eleven, I guess maybe January twenty twelve, that was before the playoff, I believe. And do you think the playoff has uh, made these games less relevant because the uh, attendance has been down across the board? TV ratings are sinking for all the non New Year's Day bowl games. Uh, do you think a solution is perhaps a 12-team playoff? Is 16 too many? Or do you just want to go eight? But how do we make all these bowl games relevant to more than just the players? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the challenging part, right? They're, they're spaced out, you know, so over what, basically three weeks, you know, and, and everybody, you know, especially the media is talking about the, the final four, right? I mean, that's what everybody's playing to to get into the, the dance there. So I don't think it's a finished product. I think they're going to have to expand it, you know, whether that's eight or 12. I, I do got 16 seems like a lot, but um, I'm not smart. I'm not quite smart enough to figure, figure all the logistics out, but, but I do think that they will expand it. I think it uh, is, is the right thing to do. Um, you get five, you know, power five conferences, you know, is that, you know, the, the, the conference winners in the power five and then three basically at large bids or whatever it may be to get in. But no, I, I think, you know, the, let's just call a spade a spade. You know, these these games that have been going on so far, you know, are a bunch of six and six and yeah. seven and fives and stuff like that. So, um, 
you know, the excitement maybe is not there. But, you know, I'll use Oklahoma State as an example. You know, they get to go out to Florida, or I'm sorry, to, uh, to Scottsdale and, um, and play a good Notre Dame team, you know, that they've never played. So, I mean, I would, I would have to assume that Oklahoma State's going to travel extremely well. Uh, Notre Dame's a national brand. They're probably going to travel extremely well. So I would, ex- I would expect that that, uh, that crowd be pretty, uh, pretty legit. So I, I think the closer we get to these, these final four games, uh, I think the, you know, the excitement will kind of, kind of build a little bit in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it's a, I don't know, man, I, I, I get the opt out thing for some guys. Um, every situation is different. But man, I, I feel I, like, Brandon, I feel like, I feel like running backs, like I'll give like Kyron Williams from Notre Dame is going to opt out. I feel like running yeah. backs, there's only so many carries, the idea of injuries, you know, and I understand for Notre Dame, you have Kyle Hamilton who also opted out because of the Jalen Smith thing. You know, there's always going to be guys that, that worry about it, but I do think that I, I, I feel running backs, maybe to a lesser extent, wide receivers. Those are the guys I get. I kind of don't get most everybody else. I just don't like. Uh, I know Pickett from from uh, from Pittsburgh decided to opt out. Like you don't want to put another game on tape. I, I don't. You don't want to play one last game with your guys. You know. I don't, I don't know. I I I just I I I think there's this. You mentioned the competitiveness. There's also the. I we I don't think we do a good enough job in the media of understanding and relating to just how close you are with your teammates and how much they all mean to you. Those friendships, those relationships mean to you. And maybe it's, maybe it's just words to other people, but I think you and I both had the same experience in Stillwater, man, to play one last game with your dudes. Of course I'm going to play. Those are the ones I, I don't understand. I do understand the running backs. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, yeah, to get an opportunity to play with your guys one last time. I mean, that, that was enough for me right there, but, and, and I do, I, I get running backs. I mean, Guys that have had 300 plus carries, you know, if you're going to get another 30, you know, the wear and tear on their body, I, I completely understand that. I, I really do, especially if you're going to be, a, you know, one of the first running backs selected. Um, you know, in the opt out thing, I mean, if you're going to be a surefire top 10, 12, 15 pick, then you know what? I mean, maybe it is smart. I mean, just kind of just a smart business decision to not play. And, and, I, and I get that. I understand that. But um, I don't know, man. I, you know, I wasn't here's, a surefire top ten or fifteen pick, so I I felt like I had to play to go out and prove myself. Here's a, here's an interesting one, right? And this one hasn't been mentioned. Okay, Doug Gottlieb, Jason McIntyre, Brandon Whedon's our guest, uh, former star quarterback at Oklahoma State, first round draft pick of the Browns, started for the for the Cowboys and the Texans as well. Um, some of these guys, and and granted. Our alma mater, it's not the same in terms of name, image, and likeness. But some of these guys are collecting big checks for name, image, and likeness, right? Imagine if you're one of the people who sponsor a kid. He's doing ads. And you're like, hey, I love this place. I'm not going to actually play in the bowl game <laughs> while representing your brand. <laughs> like, yeah. has, has anybody thought of, you know, listen, dude, part of, part of me paying you money is you have to go and make appearances, shake hands at the bowl games and play in the bowl game. Like there's a conflict there. You can't no show on the bowl game. That part, I don't think we've seen yet. And that part is coming. Let me, let's transition to the NFL. Uh, B you watched, I know Thursday night football last night and it was like the perfect Garoppolo game. There's some throws there that he makes. You're like, wow, that guy can really, there's, he can, he obviously can run. He put him in position to tie the game. Uh, they decided not. It was interesting. There wasn't a lot of discussion about going for two, even though there's two minutes and 12 seconds to go in the game. I don't understand why it's okay for everybody else to go for two, but not the Niners there. That being said, 
Um, what are your thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo, who has a lot of good, but also has that tendency to throw the ill-timed pick like he did last night and cost his team some of these games? You know, I, I think he's a talented dude. I mean, you know, it's it's definitely in there. I think that's the the thing that's a little bit confusing about him is you watch him make some of these throws, the, the anticipation, uh, he's got a quick release, throws the ball relatively accurately. Um, but then, you you know, there's – there's four or five plays a game where you're like, hmm, man, that just that wasn't great, you know. But uh, again, it, it's easy when I'm laying in bed, you know, propped up watching with the clicker and I'm, you know, everything they're showing replays and, and the whole deal. But you know, that's the difference in winning and losing in the NFL is three, four, five plays, sometimes less than that. So as a quarterback, I mean, he knows that. I mean, you gotta you gotta take care of the football first and foremost, and that's kind of been his his bugaboo, if you will, just. Just happens to uh, to make those ill-advised throws where you're like, golly, you know, what do you see there? I'm, I'd, be, I'd love to know what he saw, but um, but again, he he shows flashes. I mean, he, we practiced against him. Oh, I think it was 2018. They came to Houston before we played him, and and um, you know, we had a pretty good defense that year. And I mean, we did two minute drill, and it was just complete control, just boom, 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 throwing accurate through a through a touchdown deep down the right sideline. I was like, man, I was. That was pretty good, you know. And then there's times where we watch it, and it's like, man, you know, it's just just the inconsistency. Which, uh, you know, again, he's a high paid, high played player. So um, when, you, when you have that price tag next to your name, I think people, the expectation obviously goes up, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But I, I do. I think he gives them the best chance to win right now. So I, I don't think if, if people are thinking they need to make a change, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's the that's the deal. But I think you got to run the football. Um, throw it to George Kittle. 20 times a game and, and find Debo Samuel as many times as you can as well. So they got some dudes, uh, but I, I think he'll be fine as the year goes on. Brandon, I'm sure you saw the comments by Joe Burrow this week where people were like, hey, wait a minute, there's no COVID outbreaks on the Cincinnati Bengals. And Burrow said, well, there's not a lot to do in Cincinnati. You know, we're not out at bars and clubbing. And Doug and I just had the topic about whether or not Baker Mayfield stays in Cleveland and maybe they could go after Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or whatever. I don't know, Brandy, you spent time in Cleveland. Do you think a high-profile quarterback, such as Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, any of those guys would willingly pick Cleveland, which, again, doesn't have exactly the greatest track record as like a, a desirable city. Um, you know, Joe Kim Noah in the NBA kind of blasted Cleveland back when he was having his sparring with LeBron. I don't know, does Cleveland get a bad rap, or is it a city where a big-time quarterback may want to go as a free agent? You know, I mean, even with the struggles we had, I, I truly, I, I enjoyed Cleveland. I mean, you know, they're a passionate fan base. You had, you had your select, you know, crew that they were pretty. Uh, I don't know what the word is, um, just oblivious, maybe. But, <laughs> uh, but I met some, I met some great people up there. I mean, I met some great people. It's a good town. Um, you know, in the off season, good golf. You had, you know, good restaurants, good stuff like that. I mean, it was, it was a cool town. The weather sucks. I, I'll admit that. That would be. You know, if you're an older quarterback that's not used to playing in weather, it'd be a be a huge challenge to go up there and try to play. Not only just because of the snow and the cold, but you know the wind. I mean, it whips off of Lake Erie. So as a quarterback, like those are those are the things you kind of got to think about. But um, if they continue to to build one, that offensive line is is legit. Um, they're all going to be there a while. Great running game, probably the best one-two punch in the NFL when they're healthy. Um, and they got receivers, you know. So I mean, as far as the pieces, it's a pretty att- attractive spot, you know. And I think on defense, they're they're solid. So as far as the roster goes, I think it's as good as it's been in years. And I think you know these quarterbacks across the league, you know, five six years ago, I mean, I mean, you 
some guys would probably rather retire than go up there just because of the track record at quarterback and the track record as a team and organization and and the whole deal. But now I you know I don't I don't necessarily view that job as I would say a, a bad job. I and mean, I think there's guys out there that would that would entertain going there. But um, it's man I'd like except personally uh, you know I enjoyed it met some great great people met some not so great people but I think that that's going to be the case anywhere you know but. Um, you know, doesn't have the nightlife like a you know a, um, a Vegas or an LA or a Miami or New York or these places, but um, you know, still plenty plenty of stuff to do. Good sports town, and uh, I think that, again they're they're headed in the right direction. They've got uh, they got a pretty good football team. Brandon Whedon, our guest here on the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, so you're Mac Jones, and as a rookie, things have been going really well, and he'd been managing the game. And you're coming off an indie game where he was bad. By his own accounts, he was bad. Um, now you're facing Buffalo, and the last time you beat Buffalo, you basically just handed off the ball the entire game. How hard is that to get your equilibrium, to get it back together after having a really disappointing game early in your career? Well, I mean, I would say that was really the first uh, poor game he's had. And, you know, so I think just putting it behind you, you know, he's never really had to deal with that. So I think we're about to find out what kind of where he's at mentally. But, you know, I, he seems like and says like he does all the right things and, and sounds like from everything you hear from the, from the inside, he prepares well and and um, it's kind of kind of got complete control back there. So, you know, the, the tough thing for him is he went up against a really good underrated indie team and didn't play great. Now he's got to go play a really good um, Buffalo team that's, you know, uh, in that division, um, they're, they're they're kind of vying for that top spot. So this is a big one for them. So I, you know, I've been extremely impressed with him. Uh, I thought he was a great player in college. Uh, wasn't sure how it was going to transfer over to the NFL. Um, I was worried about him getting that game manager tag, which I think is the most. I, I just I don't understand that. I mean, I've never understood the game manager tag. It's that's what your job is as, a, as an NFL quarterback. Whether it's manage it throwing it fifty times or manage it throwing it three times, you're still managing. There's a lot to manage. So. I've never quite understood that that tag, and I, I was afraid that he might get that that label. But I do think I mean I think he's going to be I think he's going to be a, a, a stud, and he's in a perfect spot. He's got arguably the greatest coach of all time, and at any level, um, Josh McDaniels has been doing a great job with him as well. So uh, I expect him to bounce back. Uh, I think uh, you know Buffalo is susceptible. I mean you got um, you know the little nicked up in the secondary. You know there's there's they kind they can't feel good after coming off that loss uh, in the weather where you know they got the football ran on them sixty some odd times. But so it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm interested if he can bounce back. But I you know I, I, everything I've seen, everything I've watched, uh, nothing tells me he won't do it. He's he's a talented young player. Brandon, have a merry Christmas. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, look forward to catching up in the very near future. Bye, right, buddy. Thanks, See you. Doug Gottlieb, Jason McIntyre in for Dan and the Dan Etz and Dan Patrick show. Uh, Amon Shumpert had that great story on a podcast about Kobe Bryant, right? That the, what you on, bro? Amon Shumpert has obviously recently won Dancing with the Stars. And he was on the Bootleg Kev podcast. He said this about his former teammate, LeBron James. It wasn't Katie. It was Bron first going to Miami. Bron knows he ruined basketball. Okay, let me ask you this. Do you think that was, I always look at the first. Bron ruined basketball. So he thought Le- he was. He thought he was making it better. I get him. So you think LeBron <laughs> ruined it for everything? 
Me personally, I love the NBA for the loyalty that I thought was there. He basically knocked the fourth wall down like, man, the owners ain't they we doing what we want. Great business move for sure, but when you think about it outside looking in, like I got people tweeting me right now. They like literally talking about owners and trades. It's like, bro, y'all not supposed to be talking about none of this, right, right, actually. Right, right. What do you think, Chase? Supposed to never get high on your own supply because uh, Iman Shumper clearly is just baked right there, talking about all this nonsense. I, I, I would pick that apart line by line, but it almost feels like a waste of energy. Like, Doug, I mean, ruined basketball? Yeah. What, what, okay, let's say Jeff Bezos ruined big box stores. He ruined, he killed malls, Jeff Bezos and Amazon. No, Walmart Walmart killed mom and pop stores. That's, yeah. that's the reality. Walmart killed it. Okay, got it. They, um, they LeBron killed the, killed the NBA. Store. If you look at TV ratings after Jordan left, they cratered. What happened when LeBron made the move to Miami and became the most hated player in maybe all of sports? Ratings soared. They didn't catch Jordan because how obviously are they doing, it's a different how are they era. Doing, how are they doing now? Well, nobody's watching sports now. Everybody's cutting the court. But when no, LeBron people left it, people, the watching, heat, people watching the NFL... Yeah, NFL is different, Doug. Come on, NFL's like sixteen games. So what? What is? Sorry, what is seventeen games. Seventeen I, I, I games. No, That's no, no, it. No, no. You don't have like an eight month commitment to the NBA. Come I, on, I, Doug. You love basketball. You don't even watch college basketball in December, do you? Yeah, um, yeah. I call games and I watch games. I, I watch NBA games as well. Listen, the point is not me, and the point is not you. You're the point is the point. The point is that you would agree right now. Basketball is struggling in terms in the NBA in terms of popularity on a regular basis. I right? mean, that's the ratings the thing, are struggling. Po- okay, on TV there is struggle. If you open, if you were in a coma for three years or five years and open social media, you'd be like, oh my gosh. The NBA rules social media. That's all I see. NBA kills it everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's all NBA. I I understand, but that's not necessarily the real world. All right, we'll get into that this hour as well. We'll get into that this hour as well. Did LeBron ruin basketball? Oh God. No, I again you have to take it with a grain of salt in terms of what, what he's saying. And he even said it with a smile and, and what he actually means. Plus, the Titans, I don't think they're getting enough credit for what they did last night to the Niners. We'll get into that next with Jason McIntyre. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is the Dan Patrick Show.